It's 10 years before the murder. You live in Atlanta, Georgia. Life is not easy. You're the oldest of four and a recent high school graduate. You wanted to go to college more than anything, but your family depends on you too much. Giving up that dream was one of the hardest things you've ever done. Today is Sunday. You're arriving at the diner for your shift. It's a hot summer day and the church crowd is thinner than normal. A few of the other servers are sent home early, but you volunteer to stay. This is when it happens. You only have one hour left on the clock when he sits in your section. The diner is half empty by now, but his presence seems to take up the entire space. He's relaxed, but extremely observant. There's an alertness to his posture in his eyes that you've never seen before. You can tell that he's not local. You wonder where he came from. You approach. Hi, you say. What can I get you? You're immediately taken aback by his eyes. They are deep green and you can feel his look going into your chest and also into your stomach. There's an instant connection. After a long silence, he steadily replies that he'll have a coffee. You're speechless. It takes a few minutes to release yourself from his gaze. You walk away without even acknowledging his order. When you return with the coffee, he nods silently. You intuitively know he won't leave this diner without you. Your name is Alice, and this is your love story. It's been six months since that day at the diner. Things started off great. You moved in together almost immediately. With his support, you cut back on your hours and stopped sharing your paychecks with your family. You feel taken care of. You feel happy. There's even been talk of marriage. But lately, though, it seems like he's slipping away. You can sense the secrets behind his big green eyes. One night, you decide to follow him. You watch as he enters a small house on the other side of town. You've never been to this part of town before. You have no idea who lives here. But deep down inside, you fear it's a woman. You're conflicted. Part of you wants to leave. You need this relationship to work so badly. If this ends, you'd have nowhere to go. You can't go back to your family, not after you walked out on them. But a bigger part of you knows that you have to confront him. You have to see for yourself. As you approach the front door, you have the distinct feeling that you're opening Pandora's box. Every muscle in your body tells you not to, but you turn the handle and push open the door. You cannot believe what you find. Your husband is sitting on top of another man. You recognize him. He works at the diner with you. At first you're confused, but then you realize what's happening. His hands are clasped around the man's throat. The body lays limp. You move from confusion to shock. Close it, he yells. You quickly close the door, but the box has already been opened. Once you're inside, you stand pressed against the wall. You wait for him to speak. He looks at you with his big eyes, and then he surprises you. I didn't mean to, he says. He starts to cry. You've never seen him cry. 
As a matter of fact, you've never seen any emotions from him. You're always the one to cry and to yell and to ask for help. The realization hits you like a ton of bricks. You take all of his attention and give nothing back. The sight of these tears moves you deeply. You're pulled towards him where you cradle his head. It feels good to care for someone again. In some way, you feel relieved. You open the door expecting your relationship to end. But instead, what you found was the glue to keep it together. Now you are bonded forever. Come on now, you coax. Let's get this cleaned up. It's been seven years since that night. You got the marriage that you wanted. Sure, it came with some concessions. Shortly after that night, you and him left town. You had to assume new identities, and you couldn't tell your family where you were going. In fact, you severed ties with them completely. But you have to admit, you like your new life. You enjoy moving to new towns, changing your name, being on the arm of such a charismatic man. Everywhere you go, people immediately like him. It's easy for him to find work, and you always feel like you fit in. There's also this air of mystery that follows you as a couple. You like that too. You're unburdened by your past. In fact, you've erased your past so many times, you can barely remember who you were before you met him. Today, it's time to move again. You're already starting to pack the family work van. Remember the day that he purchased that van? You hated it so much. You thought that it made you and him look so blue collar. But after a few last second moves out of town, you have to admit that it really comes in handy. Your husband was right about the van. He's right about almost everything. He has such a detail-oriented mind that he thinks of every contingency possible. You're fighting the urge to rush, but you know it needs to look like you did not leave in a hurry. Once the van is packed, you carefully clean the apartment, leaving it as nice as the day you moved in. It's as if you never existed. It's the middle of the night before you're finally climbing into the passenger side seat. He looks relaxed, almost happy as he starts to drive. You're going to a small town in South Carolina. You fantasize about life in a new town as he speeds down the highway. It'll be two years before the next murder. It's been two years and six days since you arrived in town. He's done it again. But this time it was different. He fell in love with another woman. He's had affairs before, and you've always looked the other way. To be honest, you never worried too much. You knew that eventually he would kill and that would drive him back to you. It always does. But this time everything changed. He did not run into your arms like he has in the past. You can tell he's still obsessed with her. You can tell that he already needs to kill again. Suddenly your phone rings. It's him. He says he just saw the victim's best friend at the police station. What is Joey doing there, you ask. The hospital ruled the death as accidental. Your husband made sure of that. You ask him what's going on, but then the phone goes dead. At first, you're not sure what to do, but then you slowly realize this is your chance. Your chance to prove your love to your husband, a way to bring him back. You need to remind him that you're here for him and that only you understand him. 
you will bring him his next victim. You drive the work van to the police station. You arrive just in time to see Joey climbing into his car. You follow him. You notice immediately that he's not heading back to his apartment. This makes things more difficult, but it's okay. You can be patient. You continue to follow him, but then it hits you. He's going to the local news station. You need a new plan and you have to act fast. You check your seatbelt and then slam into his car as hard as you can. He somehow recovers and steers back onto the road. You hit him again and send his car flying into a tree. You pull up right next to him and get out to take a look. You're praying he's still alive. You can see him panting and groaning through the car window. This is good. You take some chloroform from the back of the van and gently put him to sleep, just like your husband showed you. You know you need to get off the road as soon as possible. You pull him into the back of the van and know exactly where to go. You drive to an old barn on a condemned property just outside of town. You and your husband have been eyeing this land for a while. You know that no one will come here. So you approach the barn, you can hear that he's waking up. You park as close as you can to the door. Careful not to use your voice, you get your victim out of the van and into the barn. You quickly lock the door behind you and get home as fast as you can. It's the next morning. Today is the funeral, and you still have not told your husband what you did. As he puts on his suit for work, you decide to tell him about your gift. His calm turns to a low-grade sense of happiness. He surprises you by asking you to bring Joey home. He's never killed in your own house before. He says he wants to do it together. You feel a sense of warmth radiating throughout your body. You know now that you'll get him back. You grab the taser from the kitchen drawer and head to the barn. When you arrive, it's empty. You were lost in the city When I finally came You were standing with strangers When I called your name And I called You have been listening to Ghost Story, a podcast brought to you by Cold Plunge Studios. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button on the podcast player of your choice. For more content, visit us at ghoststorypodcast.com. And finally, thank you for listening. Long before Cain and Abel, God made the rain. Yes, I've loved you forever. From the moment time began, when my soul roamed the earth, from the sea to the land, girl, I've loved.